Coming up is another YouTube live stream recording with Joseph Kim, who is a mobile gaming executive and host of the Deconstructor of Fun podcast. His past experience includes Chief Product Officer of Sega, SVP Games and Digital Platforms at NBC Universal, and so much more. He's got a wealth of knowledge in the mobile gaming space, and you're about to discover how to launch a multiplayer game, tips on how to start your own game studio, and the number one mistake that game developers make. Hint, not being hyper-focused on your game. Join us live every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, and I hope you enjoy this recording. The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Give your users options by adding rewarded surveys into your app monetization mix with Theorem Reach. They are the leading survey monetization company in the digital space. Learn more at theoremreach.com. AppRadar helps you accelerate your mobile growth through their simple ASO platform and they set up optimized Apple search ads to help you scale up your user acquisition. Check them out at appradar.com. This shirt from a painting that my dog's all about mobile games called Deconstructor of Fun. And he's been in the mobile gaming space for such a long time having executive roles with Sega, NBC Universal, and so much more. So without further ado, let me introduce the guests. Let me bring him in, Joseph Kim. Joseph, how's it going, brother? Uh, it's going all right. How about yourself? Good, man. So tell me, you got this new newsletter as well. Tell us about the newsletter. Yeah, so a couple of friends and I, well, there's a guy by the name of Kenny Liu who was formerly a revenue PM at Riot. He started a newsletter while he was at Riot that became very famous. And then we decided to kind of join forces and try to even expand the audience and add more specific editorial content and stuff like that. But it's called GG Digest. If you go to ggdigest.com or medium.com slash GG Digest, you can see some of the stuff we're working on. But for people interested in the gaming industry, uh, I highly recommend it. Nice. And I want to give some shout outs to some people who are here with us today as well. Guitar Blast. I say can't wait for you guys to get started. He said, me too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and then we got David says, great. I'm looking forward to this live stream all week. Two best app development YouTubers. So you got a YouTube channel as well called Game Makers that you guys should That's right. Out. Yep. Very cool. By the hey, way, I got to I gotta learn a bit from you, Steve. I like the high energy intro. I got to start adding more of that into the podcast, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're like, where'd this guy come from? He wasn't here when I first was talking to him. But once like, I record, goes live. <laughs> yep. Here it comes. <laughs> So let's just get started with some of the things that you've been seeing in the mobile gaming space. What are those high-level trends that you're seeing? Well, sure. Yeah, in the, the games industry is really is very interesting because it's so dynamic and there's always lots of changes. But I think it depends on the kind of level that we want to look that we want to look at. But at the company level, there's been a lot of consolidation. So whether it's you know Zynga or bigger companies like Playrix or Companies like that have been acquiring a lot of the mid-tier uh, game companies. And so it's been difficult for some of the mid-tier guys to kind of get to a bigger scale. And so a lot of the bigger guys have gone out. And because there was kind of like this discrepancy between public market valuations and private market valuations, they've been able to go in and kind of now it's, it's kind of like the U.S. economy, how our middle class has been hollowed out. Yeah. <laughs> so the, yeah. the mid-tier scale game companies actually have been hollowed out just because of all the M&A activity. I think also in terms of like the application of technology, there's been a lot of effort in terms of applying machine learning to different applications in gaming. And so the initial applications were really around user acquisition, like how do you optimize creatives? How do you dynamically adjust budget across different kinds of campaigns? But now that machine learning technology is, now that it's kind of been you know pretty well uh, embedded into user acquisition applications. It's now shifting to other applications like game balancing and tuning, but more specifically around generally live ops applications. And so we're now starting to see machine learning being applied, you know, pretty strongly in the live ops space. And then I think the other thing that's just kind of interesting, probably more on a general basis for your audience would be some of the new kinds of marketing activities happening, right? So I don't know if 
Uh, I'm sure a lot of people in your audience watch Twitch, but one of the things that we've seen is with Riot and Valorant, right? So this notion of Twitch drops and the fact that, especially for shooter games, Twitch influencers have had a dramatic dramatic impact on the, you know, sort of adoption and the consumer awareness around new types of games. And so I think that continues. And I think that Twitch, at least for, you know, the PC console space, is becoming a very significant factor. And then probably, let's see, news that would be interesting to your audience. Maybe the one other thing that we're starting to see is the maturing of some of these creator platforms like Roblox. And so, you know, I've done some content on Roblox. If people are interested, I suggest they check it out. But Roblox also did some, something with Manticore. But this is the year when we look at Roblox that we're st- re- first finally starting to see professional sort of development teams start to jump on to get funded to develop Roblox games and applications. And, and there are newer startups like Manticore, like Buildbox, and other creator platforms that are starting to emerge. And some of those platforms are actually looking very good. Now, you know, you can, so for your audience, if they're interested in making games and things like that, they don't have like a deep team or technical capability, then, you know, one of those platforms might be a way for them to gain entry into the market. I want to talk- but yeah, I'll, I'll stop it there. But there, no, yeah, there's a lot of things happening. This is happening. great. And we got some questions coming in. And so as we were talking, I was trying to monitor the questions as well. Okay. The and a few people, so Guitar Blast, I saw your note in there. If your game is called Guitar Blast, and Dimitri, I saw your note as well. I'll get those games, and so Joseph and I can sort of audit those games too. But let's talk about Twitch a little bit, because obviously I love content as well. What sort of things can we be doing? So the people in my audience tend to be more, I would say the smaller studios. We do have yeah. a few people who work for the bigger companies, but they, you know, obviously they're few there but like a lot of them want to start their own game studios so what can we leverage on twitch is it working with these influencers to talk about our games yeah i so that part i think it's that's not there yet right in terms of getting some of the you know you're not i don't think any random game developer is going to be able to get dr disrespect to just start playing their game unless you give them a big stake in the game but i do think that you know, it's possible to kind of look at what where you are in your scale and try to find smaller guys because certainly, what we're what we're seeing is that these Twitch influencers do have an impact. They are able to influence people to try out their games. Now, not everyone's going to you know be able to get to them, but I I think that you know I, I think things are going to start to move down that. You know, there might be some capabilities, whether it's like tr- Twitch drop codes or things like that, that might be more accessible to a, a small indie audience. But I think for right now, just honestly speaking, it probably does play better to the bigger companies out there. Have you seen anything? What are your thoughts on TikTok? I know we talked a lot about with Demetrius or Darius yeah. from Reflectly, and he's doing a lot of TikTok stuff. And we've done a few things with some of our clients who are games on TikTok. Back then it was called Musical.ly. Yeah. But what are you noticing on the TikTok platform? Yeah, so I I took a few weeks to really check out TikTok a lot. So I'm not I'm not an expert. I only I only used it for a few weeks, but you know, it does seem like one, it's, it seems like they meet girls on TikTok, then they switch over to Snapchat. It seems to be a lot about like dancing, especially shuffle dancing. It seems to be more about uh humor and things like that, but I don't know. I know there's guys like Gary Vaynerchuk who, who are strongly promoting TikTok. They're like, get on TikTok, do what you can on TikTok now. But when I look at the key applications or the key, like when, just putting yourself as, as uh, someone who's going to be using TikTok, you know, and, and maybe it's, it's good to get early on TikTok, but from a game developer perspective, I'm not quite sure if TikTok is the right place, right? I mean... I would say more than TikTok for a game developer, like as a game developer, what do you want your audience to do, right? Like, you know, you want your audience to know more about your company. Like Instagram might be a a better approach. YouTube might be a better approach. But right now, at least for me, and maybe just because I'm an old guy and I I haven't been able to figure it out, but uh, it doesn't seem like that TikTok audience is on there to find out more about games or gaming studios so for me i would probably focus more on on youtube on podcasts on blogs on instagram things like that 
I like it. Okay, so I've got, I wanna give a few shout outs too while we're on this, cause getting a lot of comments. We got Demetrios. Hey guys, hey Demetrios. I've got Guitar Blast. So since you guys are here, we'd rather audit the people that are, that decided to show up. So I wanna take a look at that. Demetrios, I can't find your game. I'd love for you to review my game, Connect for iOS. I actually searched for Connect as Joseph was talking. All I'm seeing is other games. Actually, I did find it. So I got yours. So we'll go through some of these. And I do have a few questions for Joe's here. What's up, Joe? As you talk about this. All right. <laughs> People are coming in with a lot of games. You guys should have prepared. I told you guys last week. Please. <laughs> so let me let me hit you guys with this as we try to get through some of them. If you guys want an app audit, it is at masters.com slash audit. It's a Google form, put in your name, put in your email address, put in the link to your game and some of the questions you might have. We're gonna try to get to some of the games as I have a mobile game expert right here. Actually, I should point this way with me. So we're gonna try to get to that. But Joseph, you wanna try to get to some of these games as people are starting to ask more questions? Sure, yeah, yeah let's do uh, it. Let's see, let me share my screen with you and then as we get to this, let me open up some games. Let's start with Guitar Blast. So here we go. Okay. So here's the, here is the, the app store presence. We usually start with this. So it looks uh, like, All right, sorry, I'm trying to. Can you see this see okay? Okay, there it is. I know okay, you I see a lot on my screen probably. Okay. <laughs> but here's the game. So okay. looks cool. I like the icon. I like the screenshots. Master the fretboard. Be practice on your guitar with live feedback. It looks like one of the what are the what are those? What's that old game? Is it like Guitar Hero or something? Guitar Hero, sure, yeah, yeah. It kind of feels that way, right? Yeah, that's what it looks like. But it looks like the interface is going, uh, you know, uh, landscape rather than pro uh, portrait. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then did he integrate like a keyboard there as well? It looks like it right here. Fun and systematic. So it looks like you can learn how to play guitar, but also have fun. I think, I don't know. This is sort of what I'm getting at it, but decent. Like I've seen uglier screenshots, but I think I like this. Have, do you have any thoughts on this, Joseph, where it's like, yeah, I guess like the, the thing that jumps out to me is I'm not sure. Is this, is this a guitar learning? app or is this a game right yeah so, so there's I, I think that that's what i would try to focus on is trying to trying to make the messaging clear in terms of you know because i think from a player's perspective when they see something they're trying they, there's like innate desires inside their brain right the brain is looking for something or can be the brain can be activated by a message but here, the message is a little bit unclear whether, okay, am I somebody looking to learn how to play guitar and have a tool that helps me with that? Or am I just looking to have fun and play a game and I like guitar and I want to play a guitar-based game, right? And so I think in terms of like just the, the creatives and the screenshots, I would try to make that messaging a little bit more clear. Yeah. So look, I'm looking through the, the long description which, yeah. you know, we tend to like, this is what I, the common oh, okay. mistake I always see yeah. is that the, the description is more descriptive, but nobody reads the description than yeah. the screenshots, but it looks oh, like you cool. play with your own guitar and then wow. you practice. That's what it seems oh, like to me. Cool. Yeah. It yeah. does seem pretty cool. All right. So let's check out the app. I will show you my app, the app right here. Whoops. Wrong screen. Let me go back. All right. Here we go. And. Let's see if the comment. Okay. You see my screen now? Yeah. Here, I'm in the app. So it looks like become a better guitar. So it, it is. Okay. Yeah. Now that's, that's, that's clear. And, and I would just make sure that the messaging in terms of, you know, that you, this, so this, oh, it doesn't, you don't have to, it's not for electric guitar. It's just any guitar you play it. So this is kind of like, it's kind of like Scoov, right? For I've never heard of Scoov. Yeah, so there there are some there are some piano learning apps that uh, that I believe have gotten pretty popular, uh, and so yeah, I would just say that you know for whatever reason maybe, maybe it's my fault, but the the messaging in terms of what this was wasn't super clear to me. But uh, maybe you know maybe I'm just an idiot. But 
<laughs> no, I think it's, I, 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 would... I had the same problem. And I think this is more clear, this visual where the iPhone is set up and the guitar is in the background, it becomes a little yeah, bit more I clear. Like image, but I would even have it be a little bit more clear because like the guy playing the guitar is like more faded into the background. But if you just make it dead simple where, you know, you, you see the guy with the guitar and the, and the things right there, then it becomes clearer that that's what's going on. And I, yeah. And I like the little audio things that kind of show the, the link between the guitar and, and that. Mm -hmm. um, I do like the little yeah. animations that you might miss when I click next, but there were the, yeah, I like this stuff, the text okay. kind of animating. So it's yeah. cool. And yeah, I like the is, social proof. Cool. So this is, these yeah. are all things that during the onboarding process, I feel like you should also have on the screenshots. Yeah. Well. Okay. So guitar blast is coming in. He said it's a gamification app that makes learning fretboard notes more fun. Okay. Right. Cool. Start now. And I will get started. Okay. Nice. Select your guitar. I wish I knew how to play the guitar. Okay. Note name still me. Uh, tapping. I guess I can tap or play with the guitar. So, so far, so good. Any thoughts so far from what you're seeing? Uh, what I would, my, my recommendation would be that, um, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, so you just, you jump right in, huh? Uh, I would look at some of the more successful apps on the piano learning side mm -hmm. and then just try and take some lessons from them in terms of messaging, in terms of like the interface and the way that they have developed you know, different kinds of levels and, and how you actually get into the app. Uh, the other thing is like, if you're, if you're an experienced guitar player and you kind of go in here and you're starting with like this um, very simple thing, mm -hmm. you know, you might, it, it might be better to try and get somebody to, uh, to a difficulty level that's more appropriate for their, their level. I see. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the more popular piano learning apps? Uh, it's Skoove, S-K-O-O-V-E. Okay. Cool. Uh, and then probably the other thing I would recommend is in terms of like the naming and the messaging, you know, I think a lot of whether it's like using Google Trends or just Google search completions or YouTube search completions or Facebook audience insights, like try to find like look at scoove or look at other guitar apps or look at you know guitar hero and find out who that audience behind guitar hero is and then try to use that to to you know to more specifically tailor the messaging find out who the audience is and who you would you know especially if you start moving towards uh, a paid model if you're going to start doing ua yeah then yeah. that would help you in terms of your targeting as well i think you know, from a monetization standpoint, that's what I like to look at too, Joseph, is, you know, I th I'll try to find some of the monetization schemes because I do feel like you should ask, you know, I see all these starter packs from these, from these other games where they have a huge pop-up. Yeah. Maybe it's on the second open, so <clears throat> it's too soon on the first open. I do think, I don't know what, how you feel about this, but this seems like something a a hardcore guitarist or somebody who really wants to learn would want to use this app and just, uh, you know, like I think from a business model, just having a one-time subscription is not good. So. Okay. Yeah. Or even like having the, the trial and then making, making it clear that you don't require a credit card interface or even something else where it's like, you know, four ninety nine or offer, offer, you know, uh, offer a limited time discount if they, because as a small company, if you want to get virality, if they post to whatever, or they invite some friends or something like that, you know, like add the, use, use the old Facebook tricks, <laughs> old Facebook scheme tricks. <laughs> well, one of the things that look at here, as I'm trying to buy, it says insufficient funds, but it's not taking me to anywhere. Like I'm trying to buy right. this, I'm clicking buy and all, all right. you're saying is insufficient funds. So right, right, right. there's a yeah, pretty sure. critical error right there. Yep. Okay. I think we've done good there. All right. Let me bring us back into the fold as we answer some questions as well. Here we go. Oh, let's get rid of that master session audit. All right. Got some questions for you guys. So Joe 
while we're doing the audit, Joe, he's uh, someone who I see every week. Joe, thanks for coming back on. You might be alien a big audience by highlighting pro guitarists on your subtitle. So that's true. Like if I'm just starting to learn, maybe start thinking about that. All right, we've got David that says, I'm building a real time one, one versus one multiplayer game, but I have a small, small marketing budget. What marketing method do you suggest to start with so I can build a player base? You want to start, mm, Joe? Yeah, the, the tricky part with multiplayer games is that it, it I would almost say that sometimes it depends on your game, right? The, the tricky part with multiplayer games is the matchmaking and matching difficulty levels. And so if you don't have a good bot system, even if you have a small yeah. marketing budget, if the match wait times are going to be like, you know, 10 plus seconds, if you're not going to be able to match people appropriately with their, with the right difficulty level, you might just be throwing money away. Right. And so I would first, like, before you spend a dime, figure out what is a skill you need to have a good gameplay experience. Right. And that's the, that's, I've seen this problem over and over and over again with a lot of game studios that make these PVP based games is that, you know, the difficulty matching and match times have been a big, big problem. So I would say first work on your bot technology, right? Like, <laughs> get that down. Make sure you're, make sure that if you throw any marketing budget at this, that the players are going to be able to come in and have a good experience, right? And so even if you've, you've botted the first few matches or whatever, then I would start to throw some money at, at marketing. Then I would start to, because then you can at least get an initial read in terms of your early retention, your early ARPU. I put in, you know, some type of offer really quickly just to see if you can convert something very quickly because, you know, as you build up your PvP game, you're going to need that audience in order to see your ARPU curve continue to increase for you to continue to see your game become more successful. So that, you know, it's kind of an unfortunate reality with a lot of PvP games, but you know, it's, it's, it's tricky because these are the type of games that you actually do need some scale in order to be successful. I completely agree with the bot stuff. You know, I talked to Aurora who ran, used to run, now she ran, runs her own company now, but she was talking about fun run and in the early days. And a couple of tips I'll give too, is they saw their, you know, a multiplayer PVV type of game and bots were extremely important. Joseph, you hit it on the head. Like I hate waiting. If I'm going to play a game where I know I'm going to be battling, like make it seem organic, right? Like I don't, I want to no, pretend like I'm playing against somebody that's real. So yeah. make sure you can have that cut down time. Like I've seen other apps like, oh, connect with other people. And it takes like forever to connect. And it's like, that's the premise of your app is to connect and it's taking forever. You really want to make sure that time is low. And then secondly, think about times when people do want to play these type of games. So when Aurora talked about fun run, they saw a huge organic lift because they're more of a, like we play in person type of game and you can play online too, but a huge organic lift during finals week. And so these school where they're like, all right, I'm studying, but I will need a break. So think about how you can market to students, especially during these times, it might be not as important, but like when people are most stressed, like think about that. And then definitely what Joseph said, decreasing that, that bot engagement player on player time too. Yeah, my uh, the other recommendation I would make is just really think through what is it going to take for you to be successful with your game. I mean, I haven't seen the game, so I, I have no idea. But if this is a game that does require that you don't have that bot technology, that's going to require a high CCU. I typically would recommend don't work with a publisher like a games publisher if if you can help it. But this might be one of those situations where it makes sense. And so a company that has a scaled audience that can drive sufficient traffic to your game so that you can get that minimum audience to, to achieve scale. So a company like a mini clip, for example, I, you know, and if you want an intro, let me know. I, I can introduce you to those guys. But I, I, I definitely can like, you know, life is short. If you're going to, if you don't have what it takes to be successful, figure out then how do you bridge that gap? How do you get to the point where you're going to be successful, right? And I wouldn't be, especially for the, some of the smaller indie guys and for some of your early games, I would say focus on just how do you become successful first? And then maybe, you know, like I know there's some indie guys who have dreams of making the next billion dollar game, but, you know, just try to think about your career longer term. Maybe it's not game one, maybe it's game two, game three, but for game one, don't waste your time. You know what I'm saying? Like, make yeah. sure that you can just get, uh, a, you know, a single, a double, something 
where you can have something that you can show that's in market that, that you're going to be able to be proud of and say, hey, I got this game. Maybe I didn't code everything, do everything by myself and get 100% of a very small pie. But maybe you worked with Miniclip and you're able to, you know, get it uh, to, you know, get 3 million downloads or whatever. Then, I, you know, just just try and get that initial successes would be my suggestion. And again, not knowing your, this, I don't even know the game. I don't know your specific situation. But, you know, just having worked with so many game developers in the past and indie game developers, I would just you know, please do think it through is, is what I would say, because I've seen a lot of game studios waste a lot of time and resources. And again, life is short, guys. Life is very short. I love that advice. All right, Joseph, I've got another one that's more of a marketing question. And he says, hello, I'm curious about why my downloads stuck at 150 to 200, why they are not incrementally boosting to about a thousand more. Keywords also rank pretty well. So don't have too much info, but what I would say, Raycast, is... This is the opportunity to try new stuff. Look, we know during these pandemic times, certain categories of games or certain actually categories of apps and games in particular are growing. So this is when you want to try out new marketing channels. If you've just been relying on ASO for your downloads, then try different paid acquisition channels, try different keywords that you haven't thought about. You know, one of the things that we did for one of our clients, is we looked at college names and we found that, hey, they actually have decent traffic, really good traffic and low competition. So try out different keyword ideas that you haven't considered in the past. I think it's a great time to try and test new things because paid acquisition costs are actually going down because people are actually spending less on Facebook ads and stuff. Yeah, I would, it, it sounds like at 150 to 200, doesn't sound like he's doing any uh, performance marketing, right? So it sounds like this is all organic. Uh, so I would also just try to figure out, you know, where, where, where's the breakdown? Is it, you know, so one, just try to, you know, what are, what are your IPMs at for your category? Are they, are they in range with the top, IPMs of uh, you know other apps or games in your category or genre, and then what's your app store conversion, right? And so, uh, you know, is it is it a problem in the store or is it the initial creative? Try to figure out what the um, what, what where the problem is. I like it. Okay, let me get into try to find. Let me ask one more question, and then we'll try to get into Coin Neck. I talk to him before so i am super excited all right so this guy he wants to he asked a lot of questions where he's he's developed some games already but any tips on how I should i should start with no prior experience his previous comments talked about he has some games in the app store he's launching a brand new one as well but any advice for people without prior game knowledge joseph oh well if he has apps in the game store that's 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 i would say that's some experience right <laughs> uh so, I mean, what what's his objective? Like, is is his objective to work at a game studio? Is his objective to launch a successful game? Yeah. Could you mostly, from what I've heard in the past, that it's usually to you know pretty much have their own game studio is the main objective. I think if you want to start your own game studio, then you know it, it's and as an well, one you know think about a team and think about what your weaknesses are. Like wh how can you find people that can complement your skill set? So maybe you're a great, sounds like you have apps in the app store. If you're an individual, then may maybe you're a great engineer, then find a great designer, uh, then find a great artist, find a small team that you can work with so that, you know, maybe your initial games get a thousand downloads or 10,000 downloads, but, you know, just try to like increment, like if this is a path you want to go in terms of like small indie and, in, you know, from that thousand to 10,000 to a hundred thousand to a million in terms of downloads and then in terms of revenue, how do you get from, you know, a hundred dollars to $10,000 to a hundred thousand dollars and, and so on and so forth. And I will say that right now, because, you know, one of the trends I talked about were, uh, was around how some of the big game companies are just getting bigger. There, there are a lot of opportunities, I would say, for small game developers with small sized games. Now, I, I actually wouldn't consider a hyper casual game a small kind of game, and I think that those games are actually, it's, it's not, a, it's not just hyper casual. It's hyper competitive. But there are areas in gaming, if you put in a little more effort, that are very attractive spaces. That are there people that can make. $20,000, $50,000 a day in some of these smaller categories? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. And so, 
And so the one other thing I would suggest, uh, sorry to go on for too long on this, but so one, not only fill out your complementary team, but find your genre, find your specific game uh, genre and game type that you want to uh, build. And you have to know this cold. You have to be the master of the game that you're going to develop. So too many game developers I know will see a game and they're like, oh, I kind of like that game. You know what? I'm just going to work on that game. And then they make the game. But you know what? They've never finished the game. They spent less than 100 hours on that game. You don't know the game. And I'm telling you right now, if you just kind of know a game and you're going to make that game you kind of know and launch it in the market, do you really expect yourself to be successful? Absolutely not. But this is what happens 90%, more than 90% of the time with a lot of these small indie game developers. They kind of like a category. They kind of go for it because it's easy to make or whatever. They're like, oh my God, I wasn't successful. Why? Well, you have to be the world's foremost expert in that genre and space that you're going to be going after. And you also have to bring a little bit of innovation. You have to bring that extra flavor in terms of what's going to make it more interesting to your audience. You have to know the game. You have to know the audience. So what I'm advocating for is, again, one, team. Second, know your game. You have to have incredible depth. like it. Okay, let's get into some of the comments as well. So Guitar Blast, looks like we were helpful, Joseph. Thanks for the awesome. Thanks, that was awesome. And then David, where he said, that was, thanks, really insightful. Right now I'm indeed trying to make an AI to speed up matchmaking during soft launch. I want to see what scale I will need and how the AI performs. So good stuff there. And then looks like Piaxo, he's there and he's got a, learn Chinese Mandarin app that we can take a look at if we have some time later. Hey, Piaxo, I'm trying to focus more on the mobile gaming side because Joseph's here and he's got so much knowledge in that space. And so we'll try to get to your app at the very end. All right, Joseph, you ready for our next game, mobile gaming audit? Let's do it. Here we go. So let me go to, I need a producer. That's what I need. Okay, here we go. Number two. All right, we are looking at CoinConnect or CoinNeck. So it's kind of like Connect, but it's because I've talked to the developer here a little bit. It's a match three type of game where you can make, where you can pretty much win gift cards. Okay. So I think I gave him the suggestion. We paid over 20,000. So it gives him a little bit social proof. Nice. Make money and cash, win real gift cards and get paid. Really good rating so far. Looks like it's good. 4.7, 5.3,000. Nice. Yeah, any suggestions here? So far, I, I really like the screenshots. It's pretty clear on what we can do. I like the, looks like this is the target audience. And so I like the pictures here too. Yeah, so if this, so my, I, I, would, I would think that this audience is probably closely tied with like a, a social casino type of audience. And so what I would probably do is if that's the case, so one, you know, again, go to Facebook audience insights, find out, you know, who your audience is or try to get better insight into who your audience is. But, you know, why, I mean, is, shouldn't there be like a video, like with a lot of the slots games, there's a video and then it's like study, like the, the, you know, like the, uh, the videos that are most successful with like slots games and social casino games. And, you know, there's very specific things that they do, like, right, they'll, instead of showing the reel, they'll pull the reel out of the, um, the videos and, oh, they do have a video. They Great. Do. Yeah. Yeah. But like, so some of the tricks that they would use, like, you know, um, and then if the focus is on money, then, you know, just kind of, you know, go over, I, I don't know if you can go that over the top anymore in terms of like the app store guidelines, but mm -hmm. in terms of creative, but no, I mean, I think overall this looks pretty good. Uh, so here you got the gameplay. It's, I think the animations are pretty good. Power up, keep going. I like how there's a little de text that's coming up from the very top as well. Yeah. I know it's harder for you to see. <laughs> I can see you zooming in. Like, what are you seeing? Is this the app store video or is yeah, this, this is the... the app store video. So I'm in, I'm in the app store. This is their app yeah. store listing. You know, it used, it used to be that app store, the landscape videos, even though the game is portrait would convert better. So you might want to try something like that just to see if it, if it does convert better. I'm, I, you know, it's been a couple of years since, since I've looked at it, but it used to, that used to be the case. I don't, I don't know about it anymore. So Demetrio said, and I uh, will get rid of us. 
He says downloads have been consistent about 400 to 500 daily, trying to improve by using Google ads, Facebook ads, et cetera. Don't think they're quality users. So, okay. So far, so good, Demetrios. Let's open up the app and let's try it out. Let's bring us back in to the video stream. Cool. Here we go. Welcome back. I've obviously used it. Remove ads for one week. I see up up top. Play for fun. I think there's a lot going on, Joseph. What do you think? This is the first screen that I see. Yeah. I, uh, let's see. I feel like, what do you want me to do? I don't know what to do. I mean, obviously, I'll, I'll play for fun. That's the main thing that I'll probably click on. But when I'm looking at this, I feel like you should get really centered on what you want what you want your user to do, whether it's start playing or anything else. But like, I don't know. I just feel like there's too many buttons here going on. So I could click this. Yeah. Dollars. So I'll remove ads, all this stuff. Okay. Well, let's play. Link for little more games. It looks like there's some ads. I'll play a bit. If you got any thoughts, feel free to jump in. Isn't our job so fun? We just play games and talk about games. Okay, so 160. <laughs> I know you guys probably just don't want to. What is this? I don't know. Maybe the kids. I know my son loves it when I, when he loves watching people play games. Yeah, I would just say from a gameplay perspective, I would probably study the other line match games out there and try to see from an art style perspective what uh what is performing the best yeah. you know um, not 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 to say that he needs to go out and copy the art style of like a you know uh disney emoji blitz or something like that but um but to just kind of study from because like the art style does I, I mean i don't know maybe it doesn't matter for this type of audience right but in some cases our art can make a pretty big difference uh yeah i and I would agree with you, like in terms of this screen here, I mean, it, you know, so clearly he's trying to get them to play for fun. Could this screen be cleaned up a little bit? I, I think it could be cleaned up and simplified a little bit. Um, but it's not, it's not, you know, it's not terrible. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think it could be, I could, I think certain things could be de-emphasized. Like I just feel like they all, okay. I think we're back being live. So if you guys are yeah. back here, please leave a comment. I think I had some interruptions here. But what I was saying was, I feel like these are all the same size of a button. So feel yeah. busy to me. Whereas if yeah. you de-emphasize it, that might be interesting. Like you can easily say like, sign up to win gift cards and real money. Cause look, I'm I press these things and it looks like I have to be logged in or sign up. So yeah. things like that. And I think, you know, remove ads for one week. Oh, look at that. Pay one. Is that the same button the on the top and the bottom? Uh, if if it is, you probably shouldn't have both, right? Yeah. Can you guys see this? Like, I see. Maybe you're not seeing the pop up, but it's, there's a little pop up that says, "I can pay a dollar for one week to remove ads or install the app from the video ad." So it seems a little confusing, but it's just a little pop up, and I don't know why you can't see it on the screen here because it's a little thing that shows up. Okay. Yeah, overall, decent. And I think I talked to Demetrios and it seems like the graphics, just to your point, Joseph, he seems like he said, look, the audience seems to like the graphics. So Okay. Yeah. That's Great. What he's been saying. All right. Is every are we back live, guys? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Let's see. All right. We've got some questions too, and we'll get into another app. I want to get into that. Uh, uh, before we uh uh, leave that. I would say the one other thing that he should think about or look at are so a lot of social casino guys like events, and so I don't I don't know what he's doing from an events perspective, but you know to be able to have different kinds of events in the game uh, might be something that he you know that would potentially help increase engagement, have something for his players to look forward to on a kind of regular expected cadence. Okay, so it looks like we are back live. Thank you, hyper casual beasts. All right. I want to get to some of the questions too, and also get into the next one. Kush asked, what would you suggest using for game development on iOS? Uh, if it's just for iOS, then I would suggest, well, you know, there's certainly there's, there's unity and 
Unreal, I think for mobile, Unity is a market leader, so there's that. But also, if it's depending on what you're trying to do, and if there's no reason for you to be on uh, Android, I'd look at Swift. Like that. But yeah, you know, like I Buildbox do... too. Like if you want ca hyper casual game, yeah, yeah. Buildbox. Yeah, yeah. Right. It, I, I guess it depends on what you're trying to build and what your objectives are. But I think the safest choice. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna have to say the safest choice is is Unity. Uh, but it depends on. You know, language choice depends on where you are in terms of uh, technical skill and capability. If you want something, you know, out of the box, if you're like an artist, yeah, definitely look at Manticore. Definitely look at if you want to make a shooter, Manticore. If you want, if you're trying to make something else, you know, like a build box or uh, if there's if you want, you know, super high, like if you're doing like a word game and want super high performance on low end devices, just go Swift. You know, just get rid of all the all the unnecessary, you know, bloat and all the other stuff and all, all the stuff that comes with some of these uh, frameworks as well. So it just again, it depends on the specific thing you're trying to build and your specific situation. Demetrio asks, what type of event? So he, he was the guy who made that. Oh, like a week, weekend leaderboard event or, you know, uh, like just study some of the. Um, you know, I'll tell you what. There's a there's an a ver, there's an incredible market research report called Liquid and Grit, and one of their key categories is social casino. I will send you a sample report that also that goes into the details. And for those of you who aren't aware of Liquid and Grit, you can go to liquidandgrit.com. Brett Nowak is an awesome guy, and uh, if you if you tell me like the the, the game or the app that you're closest to, I can see if Brett has a report on that and I can, and, and I can only send you one report. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, but Brett does an incredible job of breaking down the events, what impact it had on revenue and things like that and like really detailing uh, how it works. Okay, yeah, that'd be awesome. Okay, Guitar Bass, does using keyword phrases improve rankings of that phrase as compared to using single word. So I'm assuming if you were like to say guitar hero or practice guitar, does that improve the ranking of that phrase compared to just using guitar? So just, just to be clear, I haven't looked at the algorithm for a long time and the, the algorithm for both play and uh, iOS changed, but at least back in the old days, they did use to index phrases as well as single keywords. And, you know, it, all the rules change all the time, right? And like, if you're on iOS, you know, I think you probably covered some of these tricks too, right? Like Mexico store also indexes for the US, your bundle ID, right? The bundle ID that you name that gets indexed, you know, like your links to YouTube videos, the stuff that you have in the YouTube context that gets indexed. It used to be that if you, if you repeated a phrase or a keyword four times and it would get indexed higher you know, things like that like i so just to be honest i don't know what the current algorithm looks like so I, yeah i don't know but i i suspect if it's like the old days that uh, phrases would count as well yeah i've i've got some knowledge in this like it's worth testing like we've done it every which way and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't where one client where th what they did was they would actually have that phrase so you know in the keyword field on ios you put like guitar comma hero and then what he did was guitar comma hero comma guitar space hero comma blah 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 and then he's he's ranking really well for some really high traffic terms so it's worth testing i've tried it on my end sometimes i've seen results sometimes i haven't so it's really something that you should test and see if it improves it because hey, for you. each app and keyword I, I got an idea for you. Do you know the company Gummy Cube? Yeah. They're like an ASO tools company. Mm -hmm. I think you should do a partnership with them. Take one of your, because it looks like you've got a pretty big audience with lots of apps. Like take one of the apps that with, you know, a fairly scaled audience, like maybe even this, this, uh, coin, this coin game or something like mm -hmm. that partner with them to use their tools and do a video that says, okay, we're using Gummy Cube. Here's the current performance. Here's the current organics. Use their tools and do a video thing where you show how you impact the performance of the yeah. day. <laughs> I think they have asked for it. So we oh, can do have? that okay. on the next stream. <laughs> I, I like those guys. Now, the, the one advantage that they have is that, so uh, some of these ASO tools 
uh, work in isolation. But the thing I liked about Gummy Cube is that they actually also show what what else is happening in the app store, right? Because like, let's say a competitive app has, you know, whatever, similar creatives or whatever, that could impact you. So that's the one thing I did like about uh, Gummy Cube in particular. Cool. Well, I didn't mean Gummy Cube ass. I meant like the audience's ass. Yeah. If you want an intro, I'll do an intro for you. Yeah. No, I know those guys too. Hey, Joe, Steve, saw your I Game Fest presentation. Very insightful. So oh, okay. I'm an indie, Iron but do not code myself. Have outsourced my have outsourced my first game to a game studio. Any tips on what I should focus on the most? Uh, okay, sorry. Uh, I'm an indie, but do not code myself. He's outsourced his I, game to a studio. Any tips on what I should focus on the most? Well, so again, I would ask, what what is the objective? Is is the objective to start in a small indie game studio? Then similar, uh, similar comment as before is you know try to find a team. Like, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, um, game development is a team sport. It's like football, right? So if you're if you're the world's greatest quarterback without a wide receiver, you're not going to get very far. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and it's still possible. Like, it depends on the skill that you're going for, right? And certainly with some of these tools like a BuildBox, like a Manticore, like a Roblox, I would focus on like, what are you good at? What are your strengths? And then it, to just kind of get started, what, what does it take, right? So m maybe it's to like make a Roblox game to get started. Then you make money. Then a lot of these like, there's there's like 16 year olds with like a 20 person team, right? <laughs> just <laughs> yes. stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. So, I mean, I think the good news is that we're living in such an incredible time, right? And so, yes, I think if you want scale, it, you should think about it as a football team. But there are opportunities with some of the creator platforms to build something, to achieve some level of, of success, and then depending, again, on your goals, to then get to, you know, your, you know, uh, 100 downloads, 1,000, 10,000, 100,000, million, blah, 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 blah. But if the other objective is, hey, I want to get my foot in the door and I want to get into the games industry, then I would recommend that you take you you follow the path of of Steve or of me, which is and of like a Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Which is essentially to start documenting your journey, right? Because uh, and actually, I I actually created a a presentation on this uh, or a, a video on this uh, on the Game Makers YouTube channel. So I highly recommend you check it out. But um, I call it the, the Brave New World. So if you go to Game Makers YouTube and look, search for Brave New World, I talk about how companies are going to change and how like some of the stuff that Steve and I are doing in terms of dot, like resumes, I think have limited value today, right? So what you do, what you say, what you document, what you put in onto the web, what I call a digital footprint becomes increasingly more important in terms of like, what are the actual things that you've done in terms of making a game or things like that? So again, if your objective is to crack into the games industry to get a job somewhere, then start building out your digital footprint. Now, whether that's, you know, YouTube or Instagram or blogs or whatever, that's going to be specific to what you're trying to accomplish. But that would be, if that's your objective, then I would also recommend looking at that. I love it. And he did say his objective is the, the studio side. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Got it. Is there a reason? So hyper casual B said, is there a reason why simple games like pull the pin by popcorn do well in the app stores? Is it just marketing? Well, I would say that I wouldn't, I wouldn't minimize marketing. Like, oh, is it just marketing? <laughs> you know, the marketing guys are going to be like, oh, is it just the game? <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah. You know, I think as, as creators, a lot of us often were like, ah, you know, we make a great game and it sells itself. Right. And the marketing guys are, they're just like this overhead or whatever. Right. But actually marketing can make a difference. And, you know, I think, uh, I actually wrote, a. Uh, 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 medium blog post today about app Lovin, which was an ad network that became a game company. But, you know, they're kind of proof that, you know, they kind of took it to Playrix with, <laughs> with their ads, right? Like they were incredible Well, at making ads for, for match three. And so marketing does have a big impact. I would say that that's a big thing in terms of when we, when you look at the hyper casual space, 
it's not small guys, right? You've got guys like whether it's uh, you know uh, App Lovin with Lion Studios. I mean, they, they've raised four hundred million dollars. You got Voodoo that raised two hundred plus million dollars. You've got you know Iron Source with Supersonic. You've got all these big big guys there, and it's not just like it's it's incredibly. Uh, the thing I would say for a lot of the indie dev guys who are looking at hyper casual, the you know it's it's very it's definitely very difficult. You look at the product and you're like, oh, this is so simple. Anyone can do it. So it must be easy. No, no, it's not easy. And this is hyper casual is a space where in terms of the barriers of entry, it's not the game development. It is the marketing, Mm -hmm. right? It's like they put a ton of money in terms of testing what works or not. And in fact, when you look at a lot of hyper casual games companies, they don't even make the game they like start with the marketing. They'll like, mm-hmm. they'll do a ton of marketing. They'll 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 do like massive number of ads against different concepts, and then they're like, oh, the IPMs on this is very high. Okay, now let's make the game, right? And and so I, I would just caution a lot of small indie developers that if you're going into hyper casual, you are going against massive competitors that have you out resourced a million to one. Right. And so if it's not to say that you, you can't be successful in hyper casual, but if you do, I'm going to I'm going to say you're going to be more lucky than good. I didn't know that App Lovin was lying because I see Lion Studios all the time. I didn't know it was, it was App Lovin. That's crazy. Yeah. OK, I want to give a few shout outs too before we get into another thing. So it looks like Demetrio says, thanks for the input. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us. Kush says thanks as well. I don't know if you want to answer this question, Joseph, but David asks, when working with Miniclip, for example, so a publisher, on average, how large is the cut that you get from the revenue? Yeah. Do you so remain control of the game? I, I, haven't, I haven't worked with Miniclip as a publisher before, but generally what you're talking about, depending on the amount of risk, depending upon you know what the deal is and how much you have done, you know, the typical range in terms of a publishing deal is going to be something between... Uh, you know, basically 30 to 50% on the publisher side, right? And so the more that, and sometimes the publisher can take more, like if they're putting in all, like let's say you're working on a console game and they're financing the whole thing, they may take the majority of the rev share, right? So that that's a situation where the publisher can take 70% plus depending on the budget, the risk, things like that. But depend, but generally speaking, there's going to be a rev share. And again, the publisher take is going to, let's just say typically be somewhere between 30 to 50%. And then there's going to be some level of MG typically where, you know, you get some form of payment. All right. Let me see if there's any money. Okay. So good stuff. Hyper casual beast. Thanks. Very insightful. (laughs) I want to make sure. Thanks for these guys, because, you know, we do want to make sure we answer your questions properly. All right. One last app audit. We got a few more minutes left and then I don't want to take up too much of Joseph's time. I do want to get to this app that they, so Pixoxio Augusto, he's, he's actually in the audience right now on the live stream. So it looks like it's a, whoops, let me change my camera view to you guys so you guys can see what I'm looking at. All right, looks like a learn Chinese language app. So he's, he wants to know product market fit, essentially. Increase your vocabulary, <clears throat> fun. So yeah. I, I would say that one, this is very dark, right? I mean, Black and white. It's very artistic, but I'm not sure if that is what's going to appeal to the audience. And then I think that, you know, so everyone's going to know about Duolingo, right? Like you cannot, if you're, if you're in the market to learn about, you know, to, to learn Chinese, you're going to know about that. So I would say like one, I don't even, what, what is Ide Long? What, what is that? Is that where? Oh, I have no idea. I don't know. I like that. To me, that's a little bit confusing. What does that mean? And then uh, I, I know you've got in the subtitle, learn the Chinese language now. But, you know, I, I would suspect like, again, look at do the, you know, Google search completions, YouTube search completions, uh, look at Facebook audience insights. But for someone looking to learn Mandarin, are they even going to know it, like you like you know, a lot, you, you can't say that, like, there are going to be some people who want to learn Chinese that don't know the difference between Chinese or Mandarin, right? So maybe Chinese should be, you know, I would say, like, maybe it should be 
I don't know. Well, here's so a couple of things. One, think about the title and then also think about the focus. Is this, are you trying to go heads up against Duolingo? Mm -hmm. In which case I would be like, wow, that's, that's going to be very difficult. And so then, but maybe it's more about flashcards, right? Like it's, you know, and, and so maybe it's like Mandarin flashcards, colon, learn Chinese now. Right. And so like I would I would think a little bit more strategically in terms of how you fit as more of a, you know, if there's a much bigger competitor and I, I, I don't use Duolingo, but I know of them. But as a complement to some of the bigger guys so that you can as a smaller developer uh, carving out your niche, how are you going to be like play to your strengths? How are you going to be different and capture a more specific audience? It's the beachhead strategy, right? Like why is someone going to use your app instead of Duolingo's? And then if the, if the perspective is, well, I'm just going to try and make something that's not as good as Duolingo, then I don't know, dude, because then you're also combating, you know, like the, the creatives and the copy, I would try to make that pop a lot more. I would try to add a video, right? Like if the messaging in terms of how you're different is more complicated, add a video ad of some kind that kind of really explains, you know, uh, what you're doing. And, uh, oh yeah, I actually, I did try this game out. One of the things that kind of, um, a couple of points, one was on some of the screens that you couldn't tell whether something was a button or not a button. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of the game, you had forced timers in there where you had to like, Oh, are you talking about the this app right now? I can go in. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Like that dragon, you have to like you can't like speed it through. You have to wait for that thing. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like uh, this is four or whatever, and then you have to wait for the dragon to go all the way up. Like let them. <laughs> you're you're gonna lose everybody because no one wants. We're we're in a instant gratification society. If you're gonna make someone wait for that dragon to go all the way to the top, <laughs> you're gonna. You're... So, are you guys able to see my? Minus my everybody there you guys I don't know so hey if you're in the audience please let me know if you're able to see the learn Mandarin app on my studio thing I'm only seeing the coin thing still but we'll, we'll go through this real quick in the beginner I do think that the market if you're looking for product market fit like go on app Annie find the different Mandarin learning Chinese apps out there see what's yeah. top grossing you can go to sensor tower sign up for that free plan find out what their revenues are, and then you can see like, hey, there's a product market fit or not. So it's a very simple way of doing that. Yeah, and, I would uh, also like for, again, and because you know, you're know you not, it's not clear what the differentiation is and things like that, you wanna give players a chance to get into your app before you hit them with ads. And hit people with ads immediately. Like wait three or four or five game sessions before you start prompting for ads and also, uh, you know, I got a notification for notifications as soon as I hit an ad. That's like the exact wrong time to prompt for notifications, right? Like, ad, boom, sign up for notifications. It's like, ah, uh, you know, <laughs> like that's not not good. <laughs> okay, so. I've got the app back up, guys. So they said they we could they couldn't see it. So here's the app. I kind of went into the app already, but swipe to the size. Let me try it again. There. I don't know yet. So go to beginner. All right. right. So it's not clear that those are buttons, right? Right. And it's it's kind of hard to press on. Like I'm pressing numbers one, yeah. one, two, five. But I guess this is the whole pack. I don't know. So I hit I hit the fourth one. Let's practice 20, 30, right. 40. Yeah, like I, I only like let people skip through some of these timers, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know why you're having a countdown just to get to the game. Swipe to the sides to rotate the words. I don't know what to do. Oh, okay. I'm trying to, I got to figure out what this, this is 40. Okay. This is 50. Another volume. Uh, I don't know why you're asking this at this point. Yeah. Don't time. wait, wait to <laughs> wait for the notif, uh, the, the, you know, the notification approval. Oh, okay. You miss it's 60. All right. This is kind of slow. Like I can't, it's, yeah, it's very artsy, but like so slow. I'm just guessing. Let's guess 30. That's 40. Okay. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> All right. Interesting. I'm going to go back to the... I don't know what your monetization scheme is either. Because maybe just ads. 
that you're going to show me randomly. So I like it so far. I just don't, I don't know. So, yeah, again, I would like focus on, you know, uh, what the differentiation is strategically. I'd look at um, also the other learning language apps, the ones that are the most successful, right? Like, I think artistically you might like black and white, but does your audience, like who is your audience? Again, use mm -hmm. Facebook Audience Insights to figure out who that is. And yeah, I don't know, like some of the little stuff, like the UI UX, the the push notifications and stuff like that. Like I would I would fix up, I would fix that easy stuff. Like that's that's really easy stuff, right? And then definitely don't wait for the ads. Let let players actually like your game before they they, they like convert out. You know. Okay. All right. Let's. If you have to run, Joseph, feel free to do so. I'll get through some of these questions as well at the very end. So here's one that I think it would be great for you. Kush asks, what are some marketing tactics I should be doing pre-launch for my battle Royale app? Uh, pre-registration, uh, for sure. Right. So you, you want to, and, and so battle Royale, you need an audience. So you, you, you want to make sure that you got as many people lined up as possible. Uh, and this just goes back to like, you know, we already talked about like the issue with PVP games, but especially for the small indie guys that, you know, they love, I, like I love PVP games, I'm, you know, and, uh, but if you're a small indie developer and you need like really study what CCU it's going to take, do an, do an economic model about what it's going to take to make, uh, to, to make sure that you've got a good matchmaking experience and, you know, a good match time experience, figure that out. And then as you're going into launch, you definitely also want to make sure that you understand the impact of those types of things to your game performance. And so whether you're looking at, okay, what is the retention of my players based upon the types of, uh, match times that they're seeing. So if they see large match times, then does that have a detrimental impact? Yeah. I was muted on the live stream, but not mute on Skype. Oh, so sorry. Okay. I was talking to my dog. She's snoring like crazy. So I'm trying to mute myself. Got it. Yeah. Well, I would just say, yeah, make sure that you understand what the impact of you know, some of those things are to your retention, to your monetization, things like that. And so like really think through, like I, I, I highly recommend this notion of having like a key risk table. What are the key risks for your game that can, that would potentially lead to you not being successful. And so if that is CCU matchmaking, load times, things like that, like then start to instrument, make sure you instrument those variables, right? To, and so then, and then try to understand, okay, if match times are over 15 seconds, then our retention drops by this this much and it's not that good. And so figure out what you're going to need to get to. And then as you start to scale your game, as you start to improve your game, you'll know what your targets are. Okay. And we've got a, time for a few more questions before I got to run. True Dreams, he's a, somebody who's in the YouTube comments a lot. I have a question. What is the lifetime value of a hyper-casual game, an average lifetime value for a hyper-casual game? Well, I would say that the payback windows are pretty fast. I mean, that's the one big advantage of hyper-casual. Now, in terms of uh, LTV, I don't know. That depends on your CPMs, right? Because they're largely ad-driven. CPMs have been dropping. But I would say that like some of the best hyper-casual games will um, will pay back in 7 to 14 days. But the lifetimes, right, the average retention days of these hyper-casual games is also not going to be very long. Yeah. So that's why they're intended for for the players to come in to watch a bunch of ads for seven to 14 days and then to never come back. <laughs> and then you also want to cycle through a lot of ads to get them onto the next hyper casual game right after that, right? It's very, very like, um, very peak driven. And then you, you're trying to line up, like the hyper casual publishers are trying to line up their game. So that's like, okay, there's this hit and this hit and this hit and this hit. And not to say that that is how it always happens. So, uh, sure, there's certainly a lot of hyper-casual games that have shown a lot of, you know, uh, very long lifetimes and have been able to sustain audience, whether it's like, you know, uh, Agario or whatever. But um, 
you know, a lot of the hyper-casual games are generally designed to pay back really fast. And unfortunately, the average retention days, uh, lifetimes are pretty short. Yeah. Okay. okay. Looks like we answered. Thanks for the tips for the Mandarin app. I'll work on all what you said. So let us know what happens after that. Please keep us posted. And one last question. I know there's a bunch that I can't get to. There's a lot of questions about how do I increase downloads? Look, it's a long journey. I don't know if there's one answer that I can give and so app specific. True Dreams asks, another question, what is the best way to market a game? What would be the best platform to start? Joseph, Facebook, Google, what, do you, what would you suggest for that? Which, oh, you mean from a performance marketing perspective? Yeah. Yeah, I would like, you know, Facebook and Google, I, I would start with Facebook uh, and then kind of go to Google. The, the thing about Google is that uh, in terms of like the time it takes for their algorithm, to, like the, the, the ARPU curves are generally a little bit more backend heavy than on Facebook. Like Facebook, you can generally get to higher ARPUs. And so like, especially for smaller companies where, and you know, I don't know about the most recent, like today, but certainly as of like a year ago, it was still the case. And for a long time where Google, you might initially think, oh, geez, Google's not performing as well as Facebook, but then you wait and then the ARPU curve just keeps continuing to rise and rise and rise. So like if you're just starting out, I think for early gains, I would be looking more at Facebook than Google, but certainly Google's a very viable um, ad platform. And then just depending on your type of game, right? So like if you're hyper casual, you need to be on the uh, other ad networks and stuff like that. But um, yeah, if you've got a game and you want to start testing stuff out, I would, I would look at, at Facebook. And, um, I do have, for some of you guys interested in how you actually execute some of those things, uh, on the game makers, YouTube channel, there is a, uh, there are a few videos that I think that would be helpful. We have a series called UA coffee talk. And, uh, also in terms of ad creatives, which make a huge difference. Um, there is a company called Superscale that has pushed a number of games to, you know, top, top 10 free. And the head of their UA, Mate Lansarek, has done a video interview with me. So you could check that out on the Game Makers YouTube channel as well. Nice. So I'll try to link all that into the description after this stream as well. The fitness studio, sorry, fitness hashtag. I'm going to get to it next week. I promise you're on number one on deck for next week. So thanks for joining. We don't have too much time. Guys, thank you guys. I am very humbled and grateful for all you guys that join us live. And I know you guys watch this on the back end as well. What we're going to try to do is take this stream and put it on the podcast so you can listen to it as well. Listen back to some of the great tips that Joseph provided. Again, Joseph Kim, go check him out. It is Game Makers on YouTube. Also the host of the Deconstructor of Fun podcast. Joseph, if the audience wants to follow up with you anywhere else, do you want to send them anywhere else? Uh, yeah, so GG Digest, you can sign up for the newsletter at ggdigest.com. And you can also just message me on Twitter or Instagram, just uh, J-O-K-I-M, the number one, Joe, awesome. Joe Kim one. So next week, guys, what we got in store is, if again, if you guys want that app audit, show up live, one, step one, fill out this form at masters.com slash audit. Next week, I got my friend Daniel Vasquez. He's out with Singapore, so he's staying up late. We're going to talk all about pre-launch strategies, app launch strategies, and then help you develop. He's got a development company and he's going to help you figure out to take your idea to actual launch. So that's going to be 9 a.m. Pacific time every Friday. I'll be joining live again, 9 a.m. Today we did it early just for Joseph because I wanted to have him on, but usually 9 a.m. is when we'll be doing it. Joseph, thank you so much for coming on doing this, man. Thanks a lot, Steve. Thank you guys for listening, watching, doing whatever you are, and I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.